Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're going to head out to Vegas, talk some Vegas odds in the NFL and college football this hour with Ralph Michaels. That happens at 1020, and then after that, we go local. Local boy Ben Mintz is going to be on. He's a professional better poker player. We're also going to look at some trends in NFL betting and what you should do. Because, look, you could have bet this game tonight. I think the over-under in this Hall of Fame game was 35, po- 35 points. Falcons lead 10-7 with under two minutes to play, so they've are going to hit the under. Well hit the under there. If you're if you're betting preseason football, unless you know something that nobody else does, uh, you might want to look in the mirror. <laughs> unless you're just doing it for fun. Oh, there's a touchdown by Denver. I think that's going to stand. So there you go, Saints fans. Falcons uh, maybe 0-1 in the preseason. 13-10 pending the extra point. Kurt, Ben Kurt is your leading passer from, and I teased this last hour, Virginia. Second-year guy, 19-34, 185, one touchdown for the Falcons. Kevin Hogan out of Stanford, 5-8, 37 yards, the leading passer for the Denver Broncos, who are in a pretty big year for John Elway. There's some rumblings that Elway might be having his seat at least get a little bit warm. Maybe not a hot seat for Elway, considering they won a championship not too long ago, but kind of a warm seat for Elway. They are not used to sustained periods of losing in Denver, and that's what's going on right now. College football side, earlier today you had USA Today release their first coaches poll. And no surprise at the top, Clemson, then Alabama, 1-2. I saw some some people who cover the SEC say, oh, this is just Alabama disrespect. Well, no, (laughs) not at all. In fact, it would be massive Clemson disrespect if you had Alabama 1 and Clemson 2 after what Clemson did to Alabama in that championship game. And I understand Clemson lost a lot at that defense, but they've got Trevor Lawrence back and so many weapons on offense. If Alabama was 1 and Clemson was 2, I'd be wondering how many coaches were absolutely out of their minds. Because remember, this is the coaches poll, not the media poll. So Clemson and Alabama 1-2. Georgia three, and then Oklahoma is four. A little bit of a surprise there for me. Just how good is this Hurts going to be there in uh, the wake of uh, the early a couple of quarterbacks that competed for the Heisman trophies uh, there? Well, one of the Heisman trophies there in Oklahoma. Ohio State five, LSU six. So again, your top six, LSU is six. Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, then LSU. I told you earlier this week, everybody that I'm talking to, national guys and gals that cover college football, some voters have their pulse across the country on all these programs. They're telling me they believe LSU on the precipice of national championship contention. And I say precipice because there are two major hurdles for them. One, of course, is Alabama. The other is that Texas game. Texas is also a top-ten team. Texas checks in 
at number 10. So you're looking at LSU going to Texas, number six at number 10 to open the season. I do think there is a gulf between the top seven teams in this poll and everybody else. Michigan sits at number seven. I really like Michigan this year. I am more sold on Michigan than I am Ohio State, considering Urban Meyer is no longer at Ohio State. If you ask me today to pick the Big 12 champ, I'm going Michigan, not Ohio State. But we all know Ohio State going to be in the mix. Always a player and contender. Get really contender for the playoff just because whoever wins that Big uh, 10 should be this year in the playoff. Michigan or Ohio State. Uh, Penn State should not be in that mix towards the end of the season, but I guess you never know. They're 14th in this poll. So Michigan 7, Florida number 8. So that's the gap that I talk about. I'm sorry, Florida this year. Dan Mullen, not ready to contend for a playoff spot. Not when he got Georgia in the East. Not when he got LSU and Alabama. Just objectively better right now than Florida. Notre Dame is 9, and we're going to have another year where Notre Dame wins 10 or 11 games and we get to November and everybody's talking about, well, Notre Dame, are they going to be in this playoff again? Texas A&M 11. So you have five of the top 11 teams in the country, according to the coaches, are from the SEC. No surprise there. Pac-12, yeah, not good. First Pac-12 team checks in at number 12. That's UW, Oregon, at 13, and my Washington State Cougars always undervalued and underranked at 21. Boy, Pac-12, just not good. Utah, 15, by the way. So they do have three teams, the Pac-12, inside that top 15, but 12, 13, and 15. I don't think any of those Pac-12 teams are going to come close to sniffing a playoff berth. They're just not. They're just not. And I include my Cougars in that, even though there's lots of people that think, I know what they 25 to 1. Lots of people think, hey, Mike Leach's team, they get the quarterback situation figured out. They could be in there. No, I don't think so. You can almost say last year, I did this exercise at the beginning of the college football season. I'll probably do it again, where I gave you 10 teams, 10 teams that I said, these are going to be the teams in the college football playoff. This is why college football at times becomes monotonous and boring to me as a whole. It is fun and exciting when you're watching LSU and Alabama and LSU's in these conference races and in these national championship races, of course, on a per-game basis. But if you're zooming out, college football as a whole can be kind of stale and boring because you have only about, what, 8% of the team, 6 to 8% of the teams actually even have any chance of making the college football playoff. And I think I could go, I could probably go eight teams this year. And I haven't done it yet, but we'll do this before the season. I could probably do eight teams, and four of those eight teams are going to make the playoff. And it would be a monstrous shock if anybody outside that. It'd be Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, Michigan, and Notre Dame because they're Notre Dame and that schedule. <laughs> but we'll do that exercise more definitively a little bit later. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little college football odds, also NFL odds, with Ralph Michaels. Had the summer off with us. He returns to the show, handicapper at wagertalk.com. He's next. Ah, the NFL season is officially here. 
Hall of Fame games tonight. Denver leading Atlanta. 46 seconds left. 14 to 10. Kirk Benkert, your leading passer in that one. <laughs> and we did have our first pass interference review. It was upheld, the call in the field. Denver called for P.I. in the second quarter. They challenged Vic Fangio, throws that challenge bag, and they, well, they turned about, it took about 15 seconds and said, yeah, call upheld. I think Al Ververon was in the booth. I saw that breaking it down. The uh, vice president or vice president of uh, football officiating. Let's bring on in Ralph Michaels, as promised, to talk some NFL and college football odds and futures. Uh, Ralph of uh, Handicapper at WagerTalk.com at CalSportsLV. Ralph, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, you know, great. It's uh, It gave me a reason to go out tonight. Football starting, that's exciting. And, you know, the Atlanta Falcons, Ben Kurt was in there. He actually got hurt. And they had to put Matt Schaub back in. Atlanta, one of the few teams for those betting preseason that only had three quarterbacks. That's usually a huge edge betting preseason football. We'll see what happens. I'm sure they're going to be signing a fourth after having to put Shaw back in in the fourth quarter. So I I was mentioning earlier this hour, hey, if you're betting preseason football, you know much more than I do. Is that something that, that the, the Sharps can actually make money at, betting preseason? Oh, absolutely, Seth. I think it's the easiest sport to bet because it's the only time when a better can bet on a team with a head coach and a team that wants to win – against a head coach and a team that doesn't care about winning. So it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of information gathering, knowing what the coach wants to do, what his goals are, what his expectations are. But, you know, right now there there's a few coaches, including Atlanta now, who went 0-8 straight up in ATS in preseason the last couple of years, didn't care about today's game as well either. So certain teams want to win in certain spots. Certain coaches don't care about winning at all. Hey, there you go. And it is final. Broncos defeat the Falcons. The under hit. It was a 35 over under tonight, and they got 24 of that. Saints are fourth in the NFL futures. Actually tied for third with Los Angeles at 10 to 1. I have seen also the Chiefs move up. I think they're tied with the Patriots, the consensus right now at 6 to 1, the favorites in the National Football League. Ralph, what do you think about these futures odds to win the Super Bowl, and where can you find value? Well, you know, there's a couple places. When, when you look, the two AFC teams are favored in a lot of places with New England and Kansas City. But the Saints have become a sizable favorite at some casinos. In fact, to win the NFC Conference, New Orleans is 5-1 to one at the numbers I'm looking at. The LA Rams are plus 625 or 6 and a quarter to 1. So there's been some late Saints money quite a bit. And I think I think it's warranted. You know, you look at the team and you look at the schedules they're playing and you look at how many games they're favored on. Uh, I think the Saints have a clear road for those that want to bet the division. Right now, New Orleans is minus 168. So you would have to bet $170 to win 100 for the Saints to win the NFC South. Atlanta, meanwhile, 3-1. to one. Carolina, 5-1. to one. And the new Bruce Arians team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, eleven to one. I don't like the Rams. I've been talking about it a lot on this show the last few weeks. I think they lost too much on defense. I don't know what I'm going to get from Todd Gurley. Have people figured out what the Patriots did to that offense and to Jared Goff? Seems like to me they're the team. If I had to pick one that drops off, I know Colin Cowherd is saying it. The Saints. I actually think it's the Rams. Uh, overvalued the Rams here at ten to one. I believe so. And a lot of times, 
you know, people put futures out and you, you think you can find some value. But in reality, it, unless you can bet, no, they're not going to win it. There is no value. They're just putting up a random number for you to bet, trying to protect how much money they can make. So uh, the futures are really not a fair bet. I much more uh, enjoy betting and think it's more profitable to bet season win totals or will a team make a playoffs, yes or no, because you have both options and getting fair lines on both sides of the bet. Atlanta I really like in this conference, uh, and I think with that defense healthy again and kind of a big year for Julio, big year for uh, Dan Quinn, their head coach, I kind of like the Falcons. Saints fans aren't liking me say that, Ralph. Do you like the Falcons? You know, I like all three teams in the division. You know, I'm even a Tampa Bay fan. You look at what Tampa Bay did last year, and you think, well, they're down. But this Tampa Bay team was plus 32 yards per game. Now, let me tell you this. The New Orleans Saints, who were 13-3, and three, they were plus 30 yards per game. How many people know that Tampa Bay was better on the field than New Orleans? I think Arians has been there and done that. I know he turns around a team. I like Tampa Bay over the six and a half. Atlanta right now, you're looking at the Atlanta Falcons. They have a win total of eight and a half. You know, they were a seven and nine team. They were plus 4.6 yards per game. So just about the break even mark. So they were closer to an eight and eight team, but they still have a tough schedule with where they're situated. So right now, I, you know, the Saints, the Saints are at a number that I think is fair that I don't want to bet over or under a 10. Atlanta is a number at eight and a half that I think is fair. I lean with Carolina over the eight and I lean with Tampa Bay over the six and a half. He's Ralph Michaels, handicapper at wagertalk.com. You can find him on Twitter at Cal sports LV. Uh, let's go to college football here. We had the coaches poll earlier tonight released earlier today, actually released LSU is number six. Of course, Clemson, Alabama one, two, no surprise there. Let's start with LSU, Ralph. What do you think about the Tigers this year and any trends you see in Vegas with LSU? I really like the Tigers. I, I am an LSU fan, and I was completely wrong on Joey Burrow. When he went down there, of course, he was an Ohio State signee, and I followed him closely, and I didn't think he would have success. I, I like the new up-tempo offense they're going to go to. I think they have the defensive presence with the secondary to be able to survive. Obviously, a very tough schedule, and obviously uh, – you know, with, with having to go to Bama, that puts them at a situation where they're going to be a 14-plus point dog. But even though they're going to be greatly improved, you know, you're still looking at two at two losses on the season for me, and I have them on the outside looking in as far as the SEC championship is concerned. Top two teams, Clemson and Bama, how big of a shock would it be if those teams aren't in this playoff, Ralph? I mean, well, Alabama's 5-2 to two to win a championship, but Clemson is 9-4, to four, so they're flip-flopped as far as the odds go, but it seems like it would be a pretty big shock if we're not seeing both of those teams back uh, in this playoff. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but I also think the Clemson team of last year was far superior over everyone else they played in the ACC. This year, I think the gap has closed quite a bit, and I think the gap has closed as much as 10 points. You have to remember that last year's Clemson team had three defensive linemen that were going to be first-round NFL draft choices 
two drafts ago, all three decided to come back. Now, with five fewer defensive starters, you know, I think that it, you, you're going to have a lot more competition in the ACC. Add in teams that are much better in Florida State. You know, your Virginias, your Virginia Techs are much improved. I think they still get through the ACC, but I don't think they have the cakewalk that they did last year where they outscored ACC foes by almost 300 yards per game. Anything else you're seeing in college football you can let us in on? Well, you know, let's let's do a week one best bet. Uh, I know there's a couple games, Florida and Florida State, uh, excuse me, Miami and uh, Florida week one. Uh, but in the traditional week one college football season, I am a big fan of Florida State. I think Florida State with Willie Taggart's going to be greatly improved. Last year, only 11 returning starters, 16 back this year off their first losing season in over three decades. You have a Boise State team that's going to have to travel to Jacksonville, play in that heat and humidity with either a true freshman quarterback or a sophomore quarterback. Boise, in six of the last seven years, has returned their QB. Not the case this year. You're going to have a riled-up Florida State team with a Willie Taggart uh, signature on it. I think Florida State dominates this game. They're only a four-point favorite right now. It's one of my best bets for week one. There you go. Best bet from Ralph Michaels. Ralph, what's going on at Wager Talk right now? You know what? Again, if you follow preseason, I just posted an NFL preseason guide today. It's over 40 pages. You're getting a full page on each team. You're getting multiple-year stats, multiple-year quarterback rotations. Uh, if you do anything with the preseason, make sure you're to wagertalk.com, go to the Cal Sports page, and download that free preseason guide. Ralph, it's really good to talk to you again, man. That means it's football season, and I know we'll do this again kind of weekly as the season goes along. Thanks for joining us tonight. Awesome, Seth. Thank you. All right, there he goes. you got to follow him on Twitter, at CalSportsLV. I'm going to take a break here. When we come back, we continue our look at sports betting, football betting. Ben Mintz mixing it up with Mintz. Radio host up in Shreveport, Bozier. But more pertinently, uh, he's a sports better and also a professional poker player. So Ben will give us his insights. He told me earlier today, right now, more focused on the NFL than he is college. So we'll kind of dial it in there and figure out what he's up to. 504-260-1870. You got a sports betting question? Let us know. 504-260-1870. Text line 870-870. Welcome back to the show. We're going to have Ben Mintz on here in just a second to continue our conversation about yeah, football betting. I, I heard, I forget it was Dave Cohen, Chris Moe. Somebody in the WWL newsroom did a story during one of our top of the hour news segments about all of the, the money that Louisiana is losing to Mississippi when it comes to gambling and sports betting. Because, of course, again, this year in the state legislature, they did not approve the sports betting measure, and all the money continues to go to Mississippi. Or, if you're where Ben is, uh, it continues to go to Oklahoma, Texas, and elsewhere. Ben Mintz joining the program now. At Ben Mintz 531, mixing it up with Mintz 107.1, the ticket in Shreveport, Bossier, and, of course, a professional better and poker player. Uh, ben, what's going on, bud? Man, this is a, this is going to be a fun one because I'm sure you get guests, uh, you know, kind of stepping out of stuff at night on the night radio show. Stepping out of the Grateful Dead, meet at the movies in Shreveport with oh. Jerry Garcia's birthday to take this segment. That's the first. That's, well, how was that? That sounds cool. Oh, it's awesome! But you caught the she caught it right at the end of Drums in Space, so this is perfect timing. I'm gonna hit the segment, and then uh, yeah, it's great, man. Glad to 
glad to be on uh, any time to come on with you, Seth, and WWL. Okay, let's let's talk some NFL betting, man. I just got done talking to uh, my guy in Vegas who's a handicapper there. Doesn't like the Rams, likes the Saints. Also, he said he likes every team in the NFC South, thinks they're undervalued in Vegas right now. You seeing that too? I, I am, except for Carolina. i got a lot of questions about the direction of the Panthers franchise right now. But my favorite bet of all the futures is over six and a half wins on Tampa. I am I'm a huge fan of the Bruce Arians Todd Bowles combo. I, I think if you can turn around Carson Palmer when he's 35 years old, Jameis Winston's not near that far gone with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and OJ Howard, Cameron Bray, and the weapons they have. Love Devin White, and more than that, I just love Bowles. I think he can kind of turn that defense around. And so I think Tampa and Carolina flip and t- Tampa could be like eight nine wins and Carolina could be like six Saints ten and a half and uh, you probably heard the Colin Cowherd piece and some other national guys backing him up and look Colin has his opinion it's his opinion I'm not going to bash him here for it but he thinks no Saints are going to implode uh, you liking the ten and a half or are you with Colin uh, man there's no what they're not going to implode with Drew Brees and Sean Payton and all the talent on this roster but I'm not betting over ten and a half either I think 10, 10 to 11 wins and a, a probable NFC South championship is where I'm at. So I got no opinion on 10.5. Really tough schedule. A first four, Houston at home, at Rams, at Seattle, and Dallas at home. I mean, you're looking at a very – they could be a great football team and be 2-2 two and two, uh, to start the year. So uh, I think 10.5 is just right on the Saints. I think they're 10-6 and six or 11-5, and five and they win the South. But I'm not, you know, sure about a one seed or 7-1 on the road again. Let's talk about odds to win the championship. Chiefs have vaulted last couple of weeks. They get Tyreek Hill back, and they are now – uh, the favorite, co-favorites, I guess, with the Patriots to win a championship. So, you, uh, Ben, I guess you got the two favorites in the AFC, right behind them, the Rams and the Saints in the NFC. You buying, you buying a rematch, I guess, Chiefs-Patriots in the AFC title that everybody thinks is going to happen. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I, I could see that. The, thing, the big difference is it's hard to predict the NFC because the depth in the NFC is so much more than the AFC. I mean, you could make a case for eight, nine, ten teams in the NFC, you know, three or four in the AFC. Look, I, I don't see how the Chiefs will be worse. They switch from a 3-4 on D, bringing in Steve Spagnuolo to 4-3. You add Frank Clark to go with Chris, you know, Chris Jones Russell the passer, and the Honey Badger comes back there. I think he's going to wreak some havoc. So the defense isn't going to get any worse, and, uh, you know, it's hard to go against Pat Mahomes, and, and, I, and I love his voice as well. <laughs> I know you're going to throw that in there, Ben, because uh, you, you could just moonlight as a Pat Mahomes impersonator, right? Well, watch right. out. There's uh, there's talk of a not Patrick Mahomes Twitter account and a lot of fun stuff coming with that involved. Be on the lookout for post-game interviews. And there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff planned because, uh, you, know, you know, Seth, it's like, what are there, hundreds, you know, there's, what, 900 million people in the world, and the one person who has my voice is the NFL MVP. No one runs hotter than that. Hey, that, that is true. That's, it's great. No one runs hotter than Ben Mintz who's joining us, uh, radio host up in Shreveport, Bozier. I'm mixing it up with Mintz, at Ben Mintz, 531. Tell me, when you, when you look at the NFL right now, from a sports better's perspective, what are you looking for? Where is the value right now? Is it in, is it in these preseason games? Is it in the futures? Where is it at? Well, okay, there's one thing, and I hate this because I want to support the Cleveland Rocks movement and all the LSU guys up in Cleveland, but I think the Browns hype is a little too much too fast. I mean, for them to be the favorite in the AFC North strikes me as a little bit of a stretch. I think Pittsburgh at plus 195 to win the AFC North uh, is a lot of value. Their defense went from 15th to 6th last year, and then they trade up and add Devin Bush, and so they finally could replace Ryan Shazier. So the defense hadn't been the same since they lost that sideline to sideline speed. And – 
you know, I, I just have a lot of faith in their O-line, Roethlisberger. They still got Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, Vance McDonald, some weapons. So I kind of feel like the reports of their demise after Le'Veon and Antonio Brown left are kind of greatly exaggerated. Yeah, I'm with you there. You, you betting any preseason? No, I don't mess with preseason. Uh, one other thing to watch, and, dude, I'm getting made fun of by everybody with the take, but I'm not afraid to be bold. Uh, I can't wait to see the air raid with Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, David Johnson, Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, and their rookie receivers. I think I'm the only person e- e- eagerly awaiting the Arizona Cardinals season. I think it's going to be fun. I'm uh, going to be betting a lot of overs in the Arizona games to start. They're trying to run 90 plays a game, which has never been done in the NFL. Ben, I, I got to ask, man, what's going on up in uh, Shreveport right this time of year? And you're, you're, you're kind of – I think you've told me this before, and I think everybody knows – Mixed fan base, Cowboys and Saints oh, right now. Who, who's louder? Ooh, man, it's so close because Dak Prescott's from Houghton, which is 10 miles from here. And so that, that just throws gas on that tire uh, for sure. I mean, I think you could ar- honestly argue it's 50-50. Uh, you know, whoever's doing better. Uh, but, man, it, it, it's a crazy war because Saints-Cowboys isn't, you know, it's not. It's only a rivalry here. But I can't even explain how heated it is. Uh, doing sports radio up here, I'm obviously a Saints fan. But I have a rule where every segment I talk about the Saints, I have to talk about the Cowboys to just not make everybody mad up here. Um, but yeah, but going into this year, I can't remember a year where there's this much hype on both of those teams. I mean, the Cowboys got a loaded front seven on defense. Love the linebacking core with Vander Esch and Jalen Smith. Uh, Travis Frederick back on the O-line, you know, first-team all-pro center. I know there's a lot of questions about Zeke right now, but you know, it's hard not to like the Cowboys team, too. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, ben Mintz uh, joining us. We'll try to get him uh, most weeks here on the show to talk a little handicapping, sports betting. But uh, look, Ben, get back to the Grateful Dead. Have fun there. Oh, I will, man. I will. But that, that, uh, I appreciate you always having me on the last lap. And Seth, uh, we'll continue having you on to talk to Pelicans with us up here in Shreveport. And I appreciate you. Let's do it, bud. All right. Thanks. All right, there he goes. At Ben Mintz 531. Follow him on Twitter. <laughs> We're going to break. When we come back, we'll hear from Coach O at a, a press conference today. A couple of bites from him. And then Sean Payton. So we go head coach to head coach when we come back on the last lap. Let's go a little head coach to head coach here. And our Saints training camp sound and interviews, Prime Cuts, brought to you by the Sound Banking of First American Bank, a banking tradition since 1910. We'll get to Sean Payton in just a second, but also Coach O, he had a press conference today. I saw some stuff on Twitter where people, I need I need help translating O. Can you, can you translate Coach O for me? It's pretty good stuff uh, from Coach O today. Got a couple of bites I want to play for you. Of course, number six in the coaches poll Oh, it's been hyping up this team in defense. Doesn't have a problem with the hype. Said he sees a lot of improvement and kind of echoed those things here today. <laughs> I like that. It's, it's Coach out of, Coach O's out of talking shape there. The interesting part about all that was actually the Cade York. This is a three-way battle in camp for the place kicker job. Most people believe this is Cade York's job to lose. Maybe Coach O feels the same way there. O is the ultimate CEO in college football, which I have always argued you need to be. You don't necessarily need to be the brightest offensive or defensive mind in college football, but you've got to be the CEO, kind of coach and oversee everything. And for all the criticism O had this first couple of years, that's what he does. He seems to be doing it pretty darn well. And it's interesting that he sees, I guess, his his coaching philosophy kind of the same way. Here he is. That's Coach O today during his press conference. You can find some of that WWL.com. Again, number six in the USA Today coaches poll that was released earlier today, certainly in that playoff picture, no doubt about it. Sean Payton was at the mic earlier today after practice. Pretty jovial, of course. Why? 
We had a star receiver back in camp. Michael Thomas was there, didn't participate in a lot of the drills, was off to the side, was on the jugs machine, but Sean still happy to have him back. He talked about that a lot more, and here's Sean Payton. That was Saints head coach Sean Payton after practice today. Very expansive. And, yeah, talked to the officials today. Uh, They got a chance to the media out there. Lots of questions about the new pass interference challenge rules, one that we saw tonight at the Hall of Fame game. We're going to break when we come back. It's Sports Libs and a moment of zen from Teddy Bridgewater about how he just feels darn wanted here in New Orleans, and that's why he came back. Wrapping up the show next. It's the last lap on WWL. Welcome back to the show. It's time to play a little sports libs like we do. It's time uh, each night at this time. A little tongue twisted there. I was a little tongue twisted because I just saw uh, our mayor taking shots at the station here on Twitter. Okay, mayor. Find that on Twitter if you want to. Interesting. I'll let the news guys and the political talk guys get into that tomorrow. I am sure that they will be talking about that. But let's play sports libs. We do this every night. It's like mad libs. You've got a handful of questions. Fill in the blanks. You can play along online and on our text line at 87870 what you got tonight logan uh we got our same old same old so let's just jump right in all right all right all right first off we have the hall of fame game means blank zilch nada in fact when i was on with frank schwab earlier he said i'm not even watching this game and that's one of your national nfl columnists so that'll tell you how much it matters zilch nada nothing it's a nothing burger all right although i will say this it matters that the Falcons lost, right? Because we get a week of making fun of them. I mean, true, true, yeah. Next up we have blank is going to be the impact of this pa- uh, this pass interference rule this season. Boy, if you listen to Sean Payton and Frank Schwab and others to say nothing, I'm going to say a um, fanatical impact because the fans are going to freak out fanatical impact these new pass interference rules yeah they're gonna freak out you know it's gonna happen especially when the saints are on the bad side of it probably the first time it happens in new orleans all right next up here we have david griffin needs to focus on blank right now probably not lebron james if i'm being completely objective that was unfair so uh, uh, david griffin needs to focus on Probably not LeBron James <laughs> right now, although I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I love that article because he just echoed everything everybody's been saying for years about LeBron James and his oversized ego and how that affects front offices. All right, next up here we have, I'm really looking forward to LSU football versus blank. Oh, Texas. Come on. That's the easy one, Logan. Texas, week two. Texas at Texas. Big game. All right, and last one here we have people should be looking at blank right now. Uh, hmm, good question. I you know what people should be looking at LeBron James's Instagram and Twitter accounts because I think a clapback's coming to David Griffin sooner rather than later. So follow LeBron on those two because I just, if I know LeBron, either he or one of his uh, friends, I'll put it that way in uh, the NBA or in the media is probably going to start taking shots at David Griffin sooner rather than later. That's right. Sports Lips. Yep, that's it. That's in the books. And our show is in the books. Thanks to Logan Falgu, our engineer and producer behind the glass, Tim Zimmer for booking the show, Todd Manessis for helping out during the day, our assistant program director, 
Diane Newman, our program director, Helen Santani, our producer during the day. All of our guests, John Hendricks, Frank Schwab, Tim Rebo, coach at Nickel State, Ralph Michaels, and Ben Mintz. We had a great show for you. And if you missed any of it, remember, you can get the podcast at WWL.com, on-demand section there, radio.com app, the podcast section there, or Apple Podcasts. Just look up The Last Lap. On there, I'm Seth Dunlap. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Seth Dunlap. We keep the conversation going 24-7. And, of course, we do with us, our station account, at WWL-AM-FM. I'm Seth Dunlap again, handing it off to Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 o'clock. And, as always, I leave you with our moment of zen. How about Teddy Bridgewater telling us today he came back to New Orleans because how he felt wanted by Sean Payton. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.